Welcome to Shivega Talks. Today is Tuesday, the 17th of August, 2021. I'm absolutely delighted to have with us John Oberg. He's a social media influencer and animal advocate dedicated to making the world a kinder place for animals by utilizing the power of social media. In late 2018, he launched his own independent Patreon-funded program for animals to maximize his impact redefining animal advocacy in the social networking spaces. Previously, he served as a director of New Media for the Humane League and as director of communications for Vegan Outreach. Since launching his product, project, forgive me, he has accumulated hundreds of millions of impressions of his content across social media. He recently launched an online course called Mastering Twitter to Change the World. I can't recommend uh, his work enough. Absolutely delighted to have you here, John. Hey, Ruby, thanks so much for having me. It's, it's a great honor. And where are you calling? Uh, where, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Richmond, Virginia. It's about two hours from Washington, DC. Absolutely fantastic. So it's an early morning for you, but delighted. And I'm going to ask you um, the first uh, question. We just to uh, for the audience, Patreon. What is that? So it's spelled P A T R E O N. And um, for the audience, what does Patreon mean? Patreon is a company and a website where creators can uh, connect with the website in order to have a setup where people can fund their work. And this is traditionally for um, creators who otherwise probably wouldn't be able to make an income doing the work that they're doing or much of an income. Um, so for example, think about podcasters or artists um, where maybe advertising uh, or you know, direct sales couldn't make up enough um, enough of an income on a small scale to make this work something that they can do. Um, so this is something I created uh, about almost three years ago because I looked at the work that I wanted to do in social media for animals um, as an independent animal activist rather than working for organizations like I had been prior. And I created a Patreon account where individuals can become patrons of mine to support my work and take the work. They can essentially be part of my work by making my work possible. So the vast majority of my patrons uh, provide $5 a month and that $5 um, goes a long way for me. So that is what Patreon is. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so I'm very grateful for all the patrons I have who make my advocacy for animals on social media possible. That's absolutely superb. And I see that the Patreon, if people want to contact you, the Patreon page is patreon.com forward slash John Oberg, which I'm going to leave at the bottom of the uh, podcast, along with other uh, contact details and your work on social media. So let's get to the real question here, John. Um, am I right to say you're part of the millennial uh, generation? I am. I am. I, I am 34. So I'm part of the millennial, but you know I'm not uh, terribly young. I'm I'm uh, uh, I, I feel still feel young at heart, but I don't know. 34 is uh, uh, not as young as I, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Everything is relative. Uh, as a friend's daughter found out about my age and said, "Well, Auntie's a dinosaur," so everything's relative. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I do have a question now about animals. Um, 
where and how did you start on animal advocacy and why is it so important to you? I've always been an animal lover and somebody who looked at animals as being vulnerable and worth uh, fighting for and sticking up for. And it was always something that was near and dear to my heart, but something I didn't necessarily take action on. And then about uh, uh, 12 years ago, I learned how farm animals were being treated. And I said, wow, uh, this is startling. I, I learned that for one, um, not only are they living really terrible lives, uh, so where farm animals basically endure misery 24-7, but also that they actually comprise 99% of all animals killed in uh, in the world. And so if I wanted to make a difference for animals and and live the values that I had where I, I you know I cared and loved I loved animals and cared for them then it made a lot of sense to stop eating them. So I decided to stop eating animals um, about 12 years ago. And then shortly thereafter, got involved with animal advocacy because I looked at the importance of, of no longer eating animals as you know impacting hundreds of animals over the course of my life. But I thought I could probably do more. And I did some research and realized some pretty simple facts. And one of those facts was that by getting involved with advocacy, I can exponentially increase my impact for animals. And uh, instead of saving hundreds of animals over the course of my life, I can save thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands by encouraging many others to stop eating animals. And that is that is what I did. And that is uh, kind of my um, foray into animal advocacy. Fantastic. What you've done is uh, social media, uh, something, uh, you know, a platform which is incredibly important. Um, you know, you're really utilizing that. I have a question. When you first learned, as you say, about sort of, uh, you know, farmed animals, many people do learn that. There's so many uh, posts and, and, and media available. What was it in you that you know, created the shift because many people watch these videos and then they'll, you know, it's, it's, it, they'll, they'll carry on as usual. What was it, John, that sort of um, made things change for you? What happened? For me, it was initially a uh, decision based on strictly, um, strictly principle. And I didn't know anything about how animals were being treated. So I basically was confronted with the idea that if I loved animals, I shouldn't be eating them. And I thought that concept made a lot of sense. And I should try to live those values. And so um, I started uh, attempting to and kind of weaning my way off, weaning myself off of animal products. Um, and then I watched a film called Earthlings, uh, which is a documentary narrated by Joaquin Phoenix. And I was appalled at what I saw. And when I saw, you know, the way that, you know, um, j uh, mother pigs are trapped in these small gestation crates where they can barely even move the way that egg laying hens are trapped in cages and can't even spread their wings and so on. I thought, wow, this is something that I just do not want to be part of anymore. I don't want to pay someone else to do this horrible, horrible stuff that I am truly horrified by. Um, and that is what motivated me. And then of course, seeing this information and just being so aghast, I thought, well, I want other people to know as well, which is what led me to animal advocacy. 
I love it. And um, Earthlings in itself is using a platform, uh, you know, uh, storytelling, etc., um, to really educate and sort of help. Uh, I won't say, you know, change the narrative, but I think at this stage, it's sort of education and advocacy. Um, fantastic that, you know, you shifted. Um, what was, um, you know, your friends or those near and dear to you's reaction as you started sort of, uh, if the expression is sort of coming out and saying, I've learned this and this is what I'm going to do. What was their reaction? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I was fortunate in that, uh, I had a, uh, good support system in terms of the person I was dating at the time. Uh, she and I went vegan simultaneously and that made it a lot easier, especially because, you know, she cooked many of our meals, um, which made it a bit easier for me as someone who doesn't cook at all. <laughs> um, and this was 2009. So uh, there were decent vegan options out there, not nearly as much as there is, there are, is now. Um, but uh, having her was definitely helpful. And then getting involved with animal advocacy, basically, as soon as I went vegan, really opened up the doors to meeting up, meeting new uh, animal advocates, which gave me a support system and a social system, uh, which was great, which um, I think is really, really important. Um, that being said, uh, I do also remember, um, you know, my longtime friends, and of course, family, uh, who were not, you know, vegan or vegan act activists, uh, of course. And they, uh, you know, they had no problem with what I was doing. I think where there was an issue at times was my approach. And my approach was often pretty aggressive and uh, off-putting. And I look back at that and, uh, uh, and, you know, of course, there's good reason. You know, you, you, you learn all of this knowledge about how animals are suffering behind the closed doors of factory farms and slaughterhouses. And you want the world to know and you want the world to take action. But unfortunately, uh, that's not really how life works. You can't just learn something and then start screaming at people you know and expect them to uh, embrace it. Uh, it takes a lot more than that. And so, um, you know, I would say that they weren't necessarily open and, you know, had open hearts and minds, but that was largely due to my approach. And, and I adjusted my approach over time to be something much more subtle and to let people come to me when they want to talk about this. And those same friends and family from 12 years ago, now actually many of them um, have begun either reducing their meat consumption or even going vegetarian or vegan. And just the other day, one of them reached out to me and said, hey, I'm interested in going vegan. Uh, um, I, I'm, I want to check out this, uh, 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 or do you have any resources for me? And so I sent them some resources. So it's been really great to see this, this shift both in society, but also in just the friends and family who I knew who, um, weren't there 12 years ago. Absolutely. Fantastic. John, what I, what I hear and, um, you know, and from our conversations and meetings in the past, you know, there's a definitely a very sort of wise head, a uh, wise soul, or an old soul, as they say, um, you know, I, I certainly experienced that with you, um, you know, a lot of learnings and a lot of wisdom. I have a question on sustainability. I mean, um, you've obviously, you know, uh, if the word be, you're not sort of channeling the pain that some people do who are just out there sort of, um, uh, which I agree with you is not the right way of doing things is to just sort of vent and lash out. 
But in terms of sustaining yourself, as you um, you know come across more and more of this information, I don't know whether you've watched the uh, documentary Seaspiracy, um, just as sort of, uh, if the word be used, uh, traumatic, but how do you sustain yourself along with your sort of support and friends, etc.? How else do you sustain yourself with this quite horrendous amount of uh, information that's endemic in our system? You know, these factory farms that are running sort of, you know, beyond the public's uh, sort of sight and uh, view. Yeah, so I, I think that in my mind, I have to create a little bit of separation um, between the horrors that are going on in my daily life, because I could easily get caught up in, in just literally just like sulk all day thinking about uh, the horrors that animals endure. And so I, I need to, so what I've really worked crafted over time is a way of thinking about things in kind of a different light and thinking there's a lot of horrible stuff going on that I can't uh, change, whether it's happening right now or in the future or has hap happened in the past. But that being said, there's a lot that I can do. And I just want to focus on what I can do rather than what I can't do. What's the point of worrying about things that are completely out of your control. Um, so I've accepted that there's some things out of my control and I can't uh, focus on that. I want to focus on what is within my control. And, and on top of this too, like given just the sheer scale of horrors that animals face in today's world, if I've focused just on that day in and day out, then that would make me a less effective advocate because it would make me um, just... Uh, unable to focus on the work that I had to get done. And, and truly it would make me uh, depressed um, all day, every day. And so it's for that reason that I don't, you know, watch a lot of um, undercover footage uh, of factory farms that I don't need to. Of course, that is actually a big um, component of the kind of content that I post to social media. So I have to, to a certain extent, but you know, I've, I've never watched the film Dominion, for example, which is, um, sort of build as like a follow-up to earthlings um i've actually never even watched earthlings all the way through mm -hmm. um and so you don't you know i thoroughly believe that if you're already a vegan advocate like you do not need to um subject yourself to this um abhorrent content which of course there is plenty of you could probably look up on the internet you know animal cruelty videos and watch it 24 hours a day, seven days a week until the day you die. There's probably that much out there. And that's just the stuff that's on video. Don't even think about the things that, you know, are happening around the globe that aren't on video. So, yes, there's lots of content out there, and it would definitely make you feel moved. Uh, but at the same time, there's a, a point of diminishing returns that happens really quickly. And for that reason, I'd actually recommend not subjecting yourself that, to that if you're already in, you know, doing great um, plant-based advocacy. Um, that being said, there's probably certainly exceptions. For example, if maybe, you know, you're a, a newer vegan and you are thinking about going back to eating meat, um, then maybe it might be time to, to give yourself a little bit of a refresher of what the animals endure. But in general, I think that it's important to um, be really mindful of your uh, long-term sustainability because what's the point of being a really great animal advocate who's going to burn themselves out in you know a few months or a year or two 
rather than being a great animal advocate for decades to come um, as someone who uh, looked at this approach in, in a sustainable way. That's that's really, really good advice. And similarly, um, I can't watch those videos. It was also, um, it was actually just a, a conversation with a friend at a conference um, and I was drinking tea and she said, you know, the dairy industry is worse and that was it. I put the cup down and 11 years later, I haven't touched, uh, you know, uh, actually much longer than that now. I just haven't, uh, you know, uh, touched dairy at all. So really, really good advice. There are, of course, other um, films, like I think it's called Okja, O-K-J-A, which are sort of softer sort of storytelling with um, very, very, very strong messages. But like you, I can't watch all of these, um, you know, documentaries right through, although I must confess I did watch uh, Seaspiracy and I was actually quite relieved. But that's a film I do recommend uh, watching in terms of the way they've connected the dots. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. A real sort of uh, expose globally of false narratives um, and corruption, unfortunately. Um, but that's that's a really, really good film uh, that, you know, must, must be watched. So what's your goal, uh, John? What's, you know, uh, you're... you're an old soul in a young body. What's your goal? How do you see yourself in sort of five, 10, 15, 20 years in terms of animal advocacy? Yeah. So what I see myself doing for the long term is just doing whatever I can to make as big of an impact as possible. And for years, um, when I first got involved with animal advocacy, starting 12 years ago, was um, grassroots person to person outreach. And that was um, about uh, handing out leaflets primarily. Um, so I would go to tra- I would travel around to college campuses and concert venues and hand out um, these pro animal vegan pamphlets talking about how animals are being treated. And for me, um, that was the biggest way that I can make an impact. And over the course of a few years, I handed out uh, almost half of a million uh, leaflets to directly into the hands of individuals. And that was where I thought I could make the biggest impact. And then some things happened in my life where I had to shift focus and I started shifting focus to social media. And I actually very quickly realized that, and this is maybe seven or eight years ago, that I could make a significantly bigger impact for animals by actually focusing my efforts in the social media space. I realized that I could really quickly reach people all across the globe um, in an instant. And so Um, For that reason, I started focusing on social media animal advocacy. So my goal for the long term is to focus on the areas where I can make the biggest impact. And hey, who knows, perhaps one day social media will um, not be the best place that I can make an impact. And if that's the case, then I will look to where I can make the biggest impact. But wherever that place is, that is where I'm going to be. Absolutely super, Um, you know, uh, adept and really sort of, uh, you know, finger on the pulse. Um, I really like that. And what about social media? Um, uh, You know, what results have you seen from your sort of campaigns? So uh, the content that I've posted to social media has been seen hundreds of millions of times. And something I always like to uh, remind other advocates is that when you're out there making a difference, whether you are, you know, posting animal cruelty content to, to Twitter or you're, you know, um, uh, just uh, uh, complaining on Facebook about uh, the animals that 
the lives that animals endure, um, whatever it is, you the vast majority of the impact that you make, you will never see. You will never hear about. You know, like people are very rarely going to tell you, oh, hey, you know, uh, you uh, you're the reason that I'm vegan. Um, but I actually do hear that a lot, and that's because I have such a huge reach. But the vast majority of the impact that I'm making out there, you know, I'll never even see or hear, which is, you know, a challenge that advocates have to face. Um, it's hard to stay motivated when you don't even know the impact that you're making, right? But um, it is important for advocates to go into this understanding that the vast majority of the impact that they're making, they will never see. But um, as far as the direct impact that I've made, I've had so many friends and family tell me that as a result of the content that I've posted to social media um, and the way that I've handled myself as, as a vegan over the years has led to them eating fewer animals or not eating animals at all. Um, and then, of course, on social media, um, you know, most days I, I receive replies to my tweets or comments on my Facebook or Instagram posts or, or direct messages saying like, wow, like, you know, the content you've posted has really changed my way of thinking it's changed um what i've um you know the the what the food that i'm putting in my body because i i don't want to support this cruelty anymore so um so yeah it's it's been really um powerful and inspiring to see i i love that john and so what can others you know listening to this podcast and what's the advice you'd give to them if they're um, thinking of becoming sort of animal advocates yeah so um the uh what i would recommend doing is uh, getting in. So first of all, if you're not uh, a vegan animal advocate, I would definitely recommend um, considering becoming a, a vegan because that is the biggest way that each one of us can make a difference. Um, each one of us uh, can save hundreds of animals over the course of our lives by by eating plant based food. And so you don't have to go vegan overnight, but I would recommend um transitioning and, and trying new plant-based foods. And there are a plethora of resources out there. Two of my favorite are challenge22.com and veganuary, um, both of which are great resources. And then if once you go plant-based or if you already are uh, a vegan, I would recommend um, dabbling in different kinds of animal advocacy and seeing what speaks to you. Um, of course, having a social network uh, is 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 helpful. Um, so knowing other animal advocates, whether they're in your local community or abroad um, or wherever they may be, um, even if they're just on social media, um, that's really helpful. And I would recommend um, following uh, vegan pages on social media to get good reminders of of uh, great um, animal rights focused content and vegan food out there. And then seeing what animal advocacy speaks to you and running with it. You know, I hope that um, one thing that comes from this conversation that we're having, Ruby, is that your followers will and, and listeners will um, get that social media is important and uh, and and worthwhile. And uh, if that's the case, then I would love for them to um, take uh, take social media advocacy um, as something that they want to focus on. But even if that isn't the case, or if that's just uh, um, a way to support the other work that they're doing, getting involved with animal advocacy is really, really important. And for those who are interested in social media advocacy, I actually created a course recently called Mastering Twitter to Change the World, which is a full depth 
um, online self-guided course that I created with a group called Advocacy Collaborative. And it's uh, just got so much content that really helps you um, master uh, Twitter. So I've currently um, have a course on Twitter um, Twitter advocacy. It's really for tw- animal advocates on Twitter or advocates of any cause um, who want to use Twitter well. And I'm currently developing a course on Instagram. And later this year, we'll have a course out on Facebook. And for those who are interested in social media advocacy, this is uh, really um, everything in my brain put into a course that will make anybody a master of the platform to create a better world for animals. It's absolutely fantastic. Really, really good work, um, John. And so uh, I'm going to um, sort of uh, put all your details and links, including the um, course that you mentioned, Mastering Twitter to Change the World, at the bottom of the uh, podcast. And I suppose uh, from those links, people will be able to follow your work. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, they'll be able to fi- follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, feel free to email me. And if anybody wants to become patron, uh, a patron of mine to support my work, even $5 a month goes a long way. And, uh, and of course means a lot to me. Um, you know, the, when I get a new patron, um, I don't even think about the $5 nearly as much as I think about the fact that, um, you know, somebody out there wants to support my work. They're, they recognize that the work that I'm doing for animals is important and it, and it really warms my heart. So I would love uh, anybody, any support that, that people can provide. Absolutely superb and a real delight, John. And um, I hope that we will reconnect again. Um, It's just wonderful that every time we do connect, you've sort of progressed and you're doing really more exciting things. So really well done. And um, yeah, look forward to reconnecting again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ruby.